There are three things that darkness cannot contain. The moon, the stars, and the truth. All three will find their way through the darkness. Truth will often pierce its way through in unexpected ways, at unexpected times, and sometimes through unexpected people. Hello, my name is Lenora Housie, and you're listening to Secrets of the Churched, Revealed to Heal. I've said this before, but it's worth repeating that the last place we expect truth to be hidden in darkness is in the church, in our houses of worship, the very place we run to to learn truth, to seek truth, and to find this refuge for our souls and for our spirits. But truth be told, unfortunately, church secrets are among some of the most painful life-altering secrets that we have and that we keep. And some of us, like me, well, again, I am a church secret. The thing about those who keep secrets, or better stated, those who are being kept by secrets, is that somehow they convince themselves to believe that as long as they never tell anyone, as long as they or anyone else ever speaks of it out loud, that somehow they can fool themselves into believing that the secret act never happened, that it never existed. But when the secret is a person, a whole human being, well, that secret doesn't go away. And for me, not only did I not go away, I was actually close by, closer than I or my birth parents ever knew. A secret hidden in plain sight. So I was six months old when the Housie family adopted me. I always found it interesting that my parents chose to adopt a baby girl because earlier that same year, they had lost their baby boy at birth and they already had a three-year-old girl. So naturally and logically speaking, you'd think they would have gone to adopt a boy, but it wasn't God's plan. It was my destiny it was God's plan for my life that I would be raised by John and Betty Housie. Now, as a Housie, my childhood was almost an idyllic one. I had two loving, hardworking parents. My father worked for the railroad and my mother was a licensed practical nurse. She worked the night shift, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., or as some call it, the graveyard shift, so that she could be home with us kids when we left for and we returned from school. We had dinner together as a family around a table every single night. Most nights, something home-cooked hot off the stove. And every night, before anyone thought about going to bed, and regardless of what was happening in the house or what was on TV, everything stopped, and we had family prayer. And I'm talking about, like, real prayer. Like, we got down on our knees. It wasn't none of that laying in bed and now lay me down to sleep. We got on our knees, and we had family prayer together every single night. This was the home that God placed me in. And when you're a foster child or a child that's given up for adoption, you really don't know where you can end up. And the story of your life can end up very differently, and in some cases— tragically. But God had a plan for my life, just like he did for Jeremiah. And he spoke of in Jeremiah 1, 
and five, just like he has for you. When I was adopted into this family as a baby, John and Betty Housie had one other child who was three years older than me, my sister, Raquel. She was the only biological child that my mother and father shared. My father, my father had two sons from a previous marriage who were significantly older than Raquel and me and even had some children of their own. But it was pretty cool having these much older big brothers. For the first five years of my life, it was just Raquel and me, just the two of us. So when my sister Sheila came into our family as a foster child, well, I'm almost embarrassed and ashamed to admit this, but I remember I wasn't too happy about it. I wasn't too happy about her. Like, where did she come from? Was she going to be a housey too? How could that be? She wasn't born into this family. Well, little did I know, neither was I. And it didn't stop with Sheila. It seemed like there was a new child coming in and out of our house to live with us every month of all ages. Most of them would just stay for a short while. I don't know. Maybe my parents were offering some type of emergency foster care. But as a child, I didn't understand that. All I knew was that every so often I would have a new sister. I don't think there were any brothers, all girls. Well, a few years later, my parents brought home the most beautiful baby I'd ever seen, my youngest sister, Jody, whose biological mother also gave her up at birth. It was a very different situation than mine. Jody's mother was white and her father black, and she too was a secret. But unlike me, she knew that she wasn't born into the Housie family. I thought I was. I had no reason to think anything different. Jody officially became a Housie when she was about 12 years old. She'll correct me if I'm wrong on this, trust me. So she rounded out the Housie children to four girls. Three of the four were adopted, or foster children. Two of those three knew that to be so. One of those, me, didn't know that the first six months of my life were spent in another place, with another name, born to other parents. I thought I was born a housey. I really wasn't. But as it is often said, when something is different about you, even as a child, you, you know. There's no way to explain it, at least not one that I'm able to articulate, but you just simply know. I knew from a very young age, not because I was treated any differently or loved any less. In fact, I was often told how much I looked like my mother and my sister. So there were no obvious clues that I was not born into this family. But something inside of me knew that there was someone else out there who I was connected to. Now, I want to be clear. This was a knowing, not a longing. There's a difference. I knew there was someone else out there, but I wasn't longing for this someone else. I wasn't longing for another mother or father or another family. I loved my family, my three sisters. I loved our nightly dinners. I loved our nightly family prayers, even when they came at the time when I was just at the cliffhanger of my favorite TV show. But I loved it. It was perfect. But somewhere in the recesses of my very young mind, I knew I was different. So one day, at the age of 12, I walked into the kitchen where my parents were there with my godparents, my loving godparents, Alan and Beatrice Langston. We called them Mr. AC and Miss B. 
I walked into the room. They were talking amongst themselves. And when I walked in the room, somehow, for some reason, it got quiet. I didn't know the reason for the sudden silence, but I figured, okay, let's go for it. So I took that opportunity and I announced to them out of the blue that I knew that I was adopted. Now, I'd be lying if I said that I was a little surprised when my parents confirmed that I was right. Yes, I had been adopted from birth. My parents, I I can remember them being very emotional. I mean, imagine your, your, your child walks in the room and takes the lid off of what they thought was a secret and probably what they thought would forever be a secret. I'm really not sure if they ever intended to tell me that I was not born into that family and that I was adopted. I think back to that day and I wonder how they must have felt um, when I came in and this made this announcement that, oh, yeah, I know I'm adopted, kind of cavalierly. Um, an announcement that I pretty sure they didn't think I knew and you know it actually pains me to think of how difficult it must have been for them to try to keep this secret for so long but what pains me even more is that they thought they even needed to so growing up in this wonderful family with people who were not biologically connected to me proved to be a testing lab for the whole nature versus nurture theory. The question of whether or not we are a product of our parental genes or of the environment in which we are raised. While I didn't know for certain that I was adopted until my parents confirmed it when I marched into the room and announced it, I knew that there was something different about me. I was different from my siblings and they were different from me. Interestingly enough, each of us, even as adults, have turned out to be much more like our biological parents than you would ever expect us to be, given the fact that we weren't raised with them, except for my oldest sister, Raquel, who was the birth child of my mother and father. But the others of us, Jody, Sheila, me, we turned out to be much like our biological parents in remarkable ways, even though the three of us weren't raised by them. The one marked distinction about me from my siblings was my really deep sense of connection to God in ways that were far beyond my years and far beyond my understanding. Now, don't get me wrong. We were raised raised in a very spiritual home. I talked about how we had family prayer together every single night. So we all knew God. We all went to church. But for me, it was different. I remember at maybe six or seven years of age, I would be outside playing with my sisters and my friends out in the street, you know, acting like a normal six or seven year old. I may have even been five when I would feel this sudden urgent need to pray. It was like this magnetic pull to something I couldn't see, but it was as real to me as something I could see. I would abruptly leave my friends, run up to my room so I could have this private moment with God. I would fall to my knees and I would start praying, sometimes with words and in a language and with emotions that I couldn't understand, but would uncontrollably flow out of me. 
I later learned when I became an adult and spiritually mature that I was praying in my spiritual language or in tongues, as we say, and even as the Bible says. But as a six-year-old who attended a traditional Baptist church where you didn't hear people speaking in tongues, I didn't know what was wrong with me. I thought, wow, am I crazy? I didn't know how to think or how to feel about what was coming out of me, but I knew that it was real. I knew that the hand of God was on my life in a very unique way. Just like my birth parents said, they prayed it would be. I believe it was in those times of of prayer that I was speaking to God in this unknown tongue that the Holy Spirit was revealing truth to me. Truth that my natural mind couldn't understand and perhaps wasn't even ready to handle, but my spirit was getting prepared. The truth about who I really was and who I was created to be. I was being prepared for the journey my life would take in pursuit of truth, in pursuit of freedom, and oh, what a journey it would prove to be. We will continue on this journey to my truth in next week's episode. You will hear in much detail how I found my birth mother. I showed up on her job, walked into a very small office of people, and looked in the mirror at someone who looks just like me. You'll hear how I met my birth father as I watched him sitting in the congregation at his church, him not even knowing I was there, but I studying him the entire time throughout the service. And in future episodes, you'll hear from others who have been kept by secrets and how they found their truth and their path to freedom. And hopefully when you're ready, we'll hear from you. If you have been burdened with a secret that you haven't been able to speak of and you're looking for someone to bear that secret to so that you can find your own path to freedom, your own path to truth and be unburdened by this secret that's been keeping you, I invite you to email me at mychurchsecret at gmail.com. Or you can follow this podcast on Twitter at mychurchsecrets. Now, if you're willing and whenever you're ready, perhaps you too can share your story as a guest on this podcast. Now, I'd like to dedicate this episode of my podcast to my beloved parents, John and Betty Housie, who chose me who raised me as one of their own but I would also like to dedicate this episode to my birth parents to Marion to Herb who for whatever reasons they had could not face the secret that was born into their life but by the divine hand of God I ended up in a place that made me who I am today so just know that no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what they were when you were born, or no matter what circumstances have been presented over your lifetime, that God has a plan for you. So until the next time, always remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You have been listening to Secrets of the Church, Revealed to Heal, a production of Be Inspired Global Media. If you have been burdened with a church secret and want to be free and healed, please email us at churchsecrets at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at churchsecrets1. 
Look for new episodes of Secrets of the Church every Friday. And remember, you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Let me hear you shout, yeah!